you're missing the buying signals. That's right, your clients, your customers, they're giving you buying signals every day and you're missing them. You're stepping over dollar bills to pick up pennies, nickels, and dimes. Hi, my name is Dave Lorenzo. This is the Do This Sell More Show. Today, we're going to demonstrate to you what the biggest buying signals are and how you're missing them. And you're gonna be able to take advantage of these right away and grow your business. Now, why do you need this? Let me show you five reasons why you need to join me for today's session of the Dave Lorenzo Daily. First, there are five things that you're missing and the simple fact that you don't know about these is killing your business. So just the process of sitting down and going, hmm, I thought that meant something. I'm really glad I watched this. That's gonna be incredibly valuable for you. The second thing is this will help you stop selling past the close. Every day I hear stories of my clients who are out there working really hard to attract new customers into their business and they tell me a story about how a client of theirs asked a question and that question was a signal to them that they wanted to buy and they missed it. They absolutely missed it and they keep selling and they go on for so long that their client says, you know, enough of this. I can't stand this person anymore. I gotta get out of here. When you sell past the close, you actually drive people away. I don't want you to do that. You're gonna stop doing that right now. The third reason is that you are driving clients away right now and you don't even know it. Forget about selling past the close. You might be repelling someone who comes into the office and all they wanna do is put money down. You're driving them away. I went to buy a car recently, and in going out to buy a car, what I did was I sent an email to 20 different car dealers, 20 different Lexus dealers within 150 miles of my home. I said, this is exactly what I want. This is what I'm willing to pay for it. I sent the email out. Three of them responded. I called the three on the phone. I made an appointment to go in and see the one, and I said, here's what I want. I'm gonna give you a check. If you have the exact car I want, I want it detailed and I want it ready to go. I don't wanna be in your dealership for more than a half hour. The person said, fine. I went to the dealership. They tried to upsell me. They tried to put me in another car that I didn't want. It was an SUV and I wanted a sedan. It was a disaster. Within 45 minutes, I was out of there because I said I wanted to be in and out in 30 minutes. I showed the guy the check. I said, I have a check for you right here. I told you I wanted to come in and be done. I called the second dealer. I said, I'm driving over. It's gonna take me 45 minutes to drive to you. I have a check in hand. I wanna give it to you, pick up a car and go home. He said, no problem. I walked in, he met me at the front door, shook my hand, handed me the keys, said, check the car out and let me know if it makes sense. I went inside, signed the paperwork. I was out of there in 15 minutes. You're driving clients away right now because you're missing the buying signals. I'm gonna help you stop doing that. The fourth thing that this will help you do is it will help you maintain control of the sales process. Your clients wanna buy from you. Your prospects wanna turn into clients. They wanna buy from you, but they need to be led down a path in order to do that, and they need to feel good about that process. This is going to help you see your way clearly to doing that. Finally, the final point, this will help you negotiate better with your clients. It's going to help you recognize opportunities that you're not currently seeing in the negotiating process with your clients. Let's get started with buying signal number one, and that's consultation.
Before we get into buying signal number one, I want to remind you that we're here every day at 5 p.m. on the Dave Lorenzo Daily. I deliver great sales information to you, and that sales information is available 24-7, 365. So if you miss an episode in real time, you can go back and watch the hundreds of episodes we have here on the channel. But I don't want you to miss an episode, and I want you to be a part of our community. So please hit the subscribe button and ring the notification bell so that you get notified when we upload a new video. We do that several times a week, sometimes several times a day. And we also go live and answer your questions live here on the channel. So make sure you hit the notification button there, ring the little bell, so that you get notified when we upload new videos. And I thank you. Okay, the first buying signal that I want you to recognize is when clients ask for or are seeking a consultation. So the client invests his time to make a phone appointment with you, or the client invests her time to come into your office and have a consultation. You know who invests that kind of time? People who want to buy. Nobody wants to waste time. Even people who say they're shopping around, if they've come to visit you, you can sell them. You can take them down right in that call because they're there. They're investing their time with you. This is critically important. If somebody shows up, you have to say to yourself, this person wants to work with me. I got to make it happen. The second reason that consultations are so valuable is that the client is qualified. A client who walks into your office, sits down with you, is not going to do so if they're broke. Broke clients don't invest their time because they don't want to be embarrassed. The client also has a problem they think you can solve because they're there. And the client also has the ability to make a decision because they wouldn't be investing this time if they weren't ready, willing, and able to decide on buying your services. The next point is that this client wants help. Think about the person who comes to see you. You don't go to a doctor's office unless you want help with a medical problem. People don't come to see you unless they want help with the issue that they're currently facing. The final point, and this is so important, this final point right here, clients feel better when they take action. Just the act of coming into your office makes the client feel better. Why not continue that good feeling with them and have them do business with you? That is a huge buying signal. Setting up a consultation, whether it's on the phone or in person, especially if it's in person, is a huge buying signal. Buying signal number two, a client attends an event you put on or a prospect attends an event you put on. I am a huge fan, and those of you who watch the Dave Lorenzo Daily know I'm a huge fan, of doing events as a way to introduce yourself to your clients. If a client travels to a city that they don't live in and invests in a hotel room, they invest in an airline ticket, they pay to come to one of your events, that's a buying signal. They're checking you out. They wanna know if you're the real deal. That's why they're there. So if a client travels to an event, that's a buying signal. A client pays to attend an event. I have a lot of my clients who want to do free events. And a free event is okay if everyone's coming from out of town and they're investing in the travel, they're still making a commitment. But a free event in a local city that's only an hour long, 
that doesn't show me enough commitment. So if a client pays to attend an event that you're hosting, that is a buying signal. If while the client's at the event, they talk to other clients of yours, or they talk to other people who've worked with you, or they talk to the people who are hosting the event with you, that's a buying signal. They're checking you out. People check you out when they wanna work with you. Finally, a client who comes to an event is under what we would call the ether. A client who comes to an event has a really good feeling from interacting with you, interacting with people who like you, interacting with people who trust you. That person wants more. They want more of that good feeling and they associate that good feeling with you. Buying signal number two is when a client attends an event Anybody who goes to an event that you put on needs to be made an offer. You need to make an offer to everyone who attends one of your events because they're there because they like you and they want more of you. Buying signal number three, when a client shares a problem they're experiencing with you. Your friends tell you their problems all the time because they wanna feel better about what's going on. The same thing is true when your client shares a problem with you. A client who shares a problem with you is reaching out and asking for help. When a client expresses vulnerability, that's a signal they want to buy from you. A client who's in pain, a client who feels physical, mental, or financial pain is someone who needs your help. And when they express this pain to you, when they demonstrate that vulnerability, they want you to reach out and reach they want you to reach back and help them. A client who shares a problem with you, recognizes your expertise, that's somebody who wants to buy. You have to engage them immediately. You have to make them an offer. So buying signal number three is when a client shares a problem with you. Buying signal number four is when a client willingly participates in the buying process. So how does a client participate in a buying process? If you have a discovery questionnaire and the client fills that out, they're participating in the buying process. If you have some sort of documentation you require in order to do your job, like a financial advisor requires taxes and bank statements and that sort of thing, the client turns that over to you, they're participating in the buying process. That's a buying signal. Whenever the client does what you ask, that's participation in the buying process. That is a buying signal. If the client asks about the timing for your work together, how does this work, what happens when, those are buying signals. If a client talks to your references or client asks to talk to other people who've worked with you, that's a buying signal. If the client comes to you and says, listen, if I make this investment, will this help X, the client is confirming his or her pain, and they're confirming that you can take away his or her pain, that's a buying signal. Clients who participate in the buying process in this way are ready, willing, and able to do business with you. You've got to engage them immediately. Don't let this element of the buying process pass you by. Make them an offer as soon as possible. Now we're at the fifth and final buying signal, and this is one that's often misunderstood. Price. When a client asks about price, or they ask about financing, or they ask about the return on investment, or they ask if they can afford your product or service, that's a buying signal. 
They want to buy. They just want to know how it's going to work out from a financial perspective. So often I meet people who misunderstand this as resistance. Asking about price isn't resistance. Asking about price is a way of the client saying, I want to do this. I just want to make sure I can make the numbers work. I want to do this. I just need to justify it to someone else. I want to do this, but I want to make sure that the dollars will fit in with what I have planned to spend. When somebody asks about the price, you need to make them comfortable. And the way you do that is simply by saying, so you want to know how much this costs? I understand. Tell me, why are you interested in finding that out right now? Why is price important to you right now? And they're going to tell you, well, I need to know whether I can afford it or not. And you can say, well, what's your budget? And they'll tell you. Or they'll say, I need to be able to go home and justify this to my wife, and I want to be able to do that, so I need you to tell me how it's going to work. Can I finance it? Does it make sense to put it on a payment plan? Or I need to go back and present this to a committee. I need to know what the return on investment is going to be so I can make the best presentation possible. When someone asks about price, you find out why they're asking, you can tailor your response. Now that's very different than somebody just right off the bat saying, I can't afford it. That's resistance. But asking about price is not resistance. It's a buying signal. And when they ask about price or they ask about financing or they look for a return on investment or they ask for you to help them find a way to afford this, that's a buying signal. Don't miss out on these buying signals. I was going through the comments and the mailbag and I happened to see on one of my YouTube videos a comment from a viewer that I want to make sure I answer. The comment is from Becca Cassell and it says, great info. She's responding to a video that I posted. Uh, she says, I can see how these five steps can help any small or large business bring in more clients. Can you provide a script video on how to introduce yourself and your business when you attend networking events? I always find it difficult to break the ice when speaking about my business. I'm sure a lot of small business owners feel the same way. Love to hear your thoughts. Well, Becca, thank you so much for the question. And those of you who don't know, Becca is a fantastic artist. You should check out her channel. I'm going to leave a link in the description of this video to her channel. Definitely check that out. She does a lot of how-to two videos on art and how to develop your art, as well as how to run the business of being an artist, which is a really interesting topic. So Becca's question about how to start a conversation at a networking event is a good one. And it's one that I hear frequently. And it's something that I struggle with too. Believe it or not, I'm an introvert. I am more comfortable speaking in front of a group than I am in a one-on-one -on -one setting. So to start a conversation with people at a business networking event, what I do is simply reach out and introduce myself. I stick out my hand and I say, hi, I'm Dave, what's your name? Now, if you don't say, what's your name, 50% of the time people won't tell you their name. I know it sounds crazy, it sounds a little silly, but that's just the way it is. Half the time people won't tell you their name. So I say, hi, my name is Dave, what's your name? And they tell me and I say, well, it's really nice to meet you. What do you do for work? And that's the phrase I use, what do you do for work? I don't say, what do you do for a living? I say, what do you do for work? They respond, and whatever they respond with, no matter what they say, I look at them and I go, wow, that's fascinating. How did you get into that? 
Everybody has a story about how they got into doing what they do, and you're asking to hear their story, you're flattering them, and you're also getting them comfortable with you. So they'll tell you their story, and you say, hmm, that's a really good story. I appreciate you telling me that. How's business going for you so far this year? Or how's business going for you these days? They'll tell you how business is going for them. Then you can say to them, okay, so business is going pretty well, or okay, so you're experiencing some challenges. If there were one thing about your business you could change, what would that be? They'll tell you. And then you say to them, would you like some help with that? And they'll look at you like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? At that point, you're going to offer to introduce them to someone who could help them with their business, or you're going to offer to help them yourself. That's how you start a conversation at a networking event. The idea is to get people talking, to get them comfortable and get them talking about themselves. Now, often when I present this script to people, I hear, well, Dave, it sounds like you're interrogating them. People aren't gonna respond well to that. Not true. When you approach the conversation in this way, there's a very natural back and forth that takes place. I just gave you a bunch of questions now to ask someone, but if we were in a regular business conversation, that whole interaction that I presented to you there, that would take like 15 minutes. And the person would feel like you're a great conversationalist because they're getting to do all the talking. Rule number one in sales and rule number one in networking is you speak as little as possible. If you speak more than 25, 30% of the time, you're speaking too much. You want the other person speaking 70 to 80% of the time. You want them sharing information with you about themselves, about their business, and about how you can help them. Your goal in any networking interaction is to find out who you can connect that person to to deliver value to them or their business. You heard me correctly. Who can you connect that person to to deliver value to them or their business? That's what you're looking to do. You're not looking to sell anything there. You're not looking to pitch them on a product or service. You're looking to deliver value through connecting them with someone else you know who can help them solve a problem or achieve a goal. Now, I want to make sure we address a couple of variations of some of these questions. Let's take, let's take it from the top. Let's go back to the very beginning. You introduce yourself, you say, my name is, and you say your name, what's your name? They tell you. If you're at an event where there are business people, but it's a social event, so there could also be folks who are caretakers. 100% of their job is taking care of their kids, or 100% of their job is taking care of an elderly parent, so they work at in their house every day doing things that are really important, but they don't go out and earn a living. If you're in a room with those people where there are homemakers or people who take care of the kids all day, Instead of saying, what do you do for work? You may say, so tell me, what's going on in your life? What do you do that, that takes up your time? Or what do you do between nine and five to keep busy? That question is fantastic. What do you do between nine and five to keep busy is a fantastic question because if people are in the corporate world, they'll say, what do I do between nine and five? I work. And you say, oh, what do you do for work? If they are homemakers, they'll say, well, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home dad or I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom. I take care of my kids all day. I pick up and drop off kids between nine and five all day long. 
and that will get you into that conversation in that way. So that's one variation. Another variation of this is if people start to give you short answers and they start to say things like, yep, and nope. What do you do for work? Oh, I sell insurance. Oh, you sell insurance. That's fascinating. How did you get into that? Working remotely can be a challenge, especially for teams that are new to it. How do you deal with your work environment being the same as home while staying connected and productive? And then there's your newest coworker, the cat. Well, your friends at Trello have been powering remote teams globally for almost a decade. At a time when teams must come together more than ever to solve big challenges, Trello's here to help. Trello, part of Atlassian's collaborative suite, is an app with an easy-to-understand visual format, plus tons of features that make working with your team functional and just plain fun. Trello keeps everyone organized and on the same page, helping teams communicate, focus, and connect. Teams of all shapes and sizes at companies like Google, Fender, Costco, and likely your favorite neighborhood coffee shop all use Trello to collaborate and get work done. Try Trello for free and learn more at Trello.com. That's T-R-E-L-L-O dot com. Trello dot com. Well, my dad owned the insurance agency, and when I graduated college, I was too lazy to look for work. So I just decided to come into the office every day, and when the old man retired, I inherited the business from him. Huh, pretty cool. I wish I inherited a business from my dad. Tell me a little bit about what your plans are for the rest of the year. Well, I don't know. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. You know how that goes. Yeah, I know how that goes. How do you get most of your business? Where do your clients come from? You see where I'm going with this. Keep peeling the onion layer after layer until you get to the point where you've figured out who you can connect this person to to help them with their business. Networking events in general are tedious. They're boring. They can be annoying at times. Your goal should be to make just three good contacts at a networking event, three good contacts, because you have to do a significant amount of follow-up work after the networking event to make sure that that becomes a real relationship. Your goal at a networking event is to transform the person you just met into either a client or an evangelist down the road, but first deliver value to them. So your goal at the networking event is to find out who you can introduce this person to. The next step for you when you get back to your office is to make that connection between those two people. So Becca, thank you so much for your question. Everybody visit Becca's YouTube channel to learn what an artist goes through, the business aspect of art. You'll also discover how to do large murals. Becca's a fantastic artist. So join me on Becca's channel. She updates the channel frequently. You'll learn a lot. Also, if you have a question and you want me to answer it, please send me your questions. And the way you send me your questions is you make a video and you say, hey Dave, I got a question. And you say what the question is on the video. I may just use the audio. I may use the video in the audio. I may use the text in a future show. And then you send the video to askdave at dlorenzo.com. A-S-K-D-A-V-E at D-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O.com. That's where the questions go. I love the questions. We do the questions every day. You can hear the questions on the podcast. That's what the questions are good for. They give us something to talk about at the end of the show. I need you to help me out. Please do me this favor. Send me your questions. I know you have questions. I want to answer them for you. Send me your questions. Ask Dave at DLorenzo.com. Ask Dave at DLorenzo.com. I look forward to seeing you right back here again tomorrow. Until then, make sure you do this because if you do this, you will sell more.